actually recording. (laughs) 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 Oh, oh my God. I'm dead. I'm dead. You caught it. That would have been funny, though, if we got through the whole thing. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, from the top. Now that I am recording, what a goof. I mean, how can you come on God's green earth, God's green internet, Beyonce's internet, and say you're a podcaster and haven't pressed record? Mm, yeah, well, anyway, moving swiftly on. Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. I'm Michael Morgan, he's Kairos Bodley. We are Shots Fired, well, representative of half of Shots Fired. No Chisanga, no G this week. They're off doing other, greater, better, slicker, interesting things. But you know what? We're going to hold it down. This week, we're going to do things ever so slightly different. But before we get into that, Kairos, how the devil are you, as they say in the jolly old UK? I'm doing well. It's good to unite Batman and Robin again. You're damn right. But you know what? Let's just settle this once and for all. (laughs) So I'm sure we've decided on this, but just to reiterate, I'm Batman, right? Yeah? Is that how we're rolling? I'm Batman. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't ready for that. You know something? I wasn't ready and uh, my mouth was open and everything. I, I I wasn't ready. You are definitely Batman. I'm sorry. I've got to concede that that was a better I'm Batman than my, my paltry treble ridden I'm Batman. So now that we've got that kind of like alpha male uh, aspect of the show <laughs> out of the way, I think uh, it's time, I feel, to kind of like change things up here. Shots Fired is the title of the show, but this week we're going to have some quick fire round, rapid fire. We have four subjects that we each are going to bring to the table, but we have a time-limited arena. Uh, We've got time-limited, well, we've got time-limited time to actually respond to those points. I've got four points which I'm going to put to you. I say that we go one for one. So, for instance, my first point, I'm going to make it. You have one minute to respond. Once that one minute is up, that's it. Argument done. Then you're going to actually put your point to me. Make sense? Explain it one more time. I feel like I'm stupid. I feel like I missed it. (laughs) Say it one more time. (laughs) leaving this bit in this isn't going to be edited out (laughs) i'm going to bring four points to the table they are four topical points in mma now i'm going to put one of those points to you you have one minute in which to respond to my first point once that one minute is up in terms of your opinion regardless of whether you're in the middle regardless of whether you've just begun 
because your build-up, just like mine, sometimes can be quite verbose, mm -hmm. quite theatrical. Once that one minute is up, boom, that's it. It's then time for you to actually ask me that point which you have brought to the table. So you make your point. I then have one minute to answer. Again, this will be timed. Again, I could be at the beginning. I could be at the middle. Once that one minute is up, it's up. Then it's time for me to ask you my second point and so on and so forth. Capiche? Yep, got it. Chakra. Okay. Okay. Rapid fire with Kairos Bodley and Michael Morgan. Now, as I say, I've got four rapid fire points that I want to bring to the table. The first point I want to bring to the table is this. Trent Rhinesmith, our beloved Trent Rhinesmith, um, he of bloody elbow fame, um, the legend that is Trent Rhinesmith, will be applying to be co-chair of the MMA JA, the Mixed Martial Arts Journalist Association. Now, you like me surely would be puzzled by the MMA JA's hiatus. We've not heard nothing from them for the longest while. So why is Trent actually putting himself into the fray? Well, in short, he actually wants to, for the better good, do something quite powerful, and that is be a more I would say louder opponent in terms of representing against um, those people who are, hmm, I suppose, transgressing against journalistic integrity. So he will represent the, uh, the, the downtrodden journalists a little bit more loudly than uh, is at the moment. And I suppose that's the whole point that he's applying. My point to you is this. Is there space in the mixed martial arts community, mixed martial arts fraternity for the MMAJA? Because up until now, they've shown to be toothless, they've shown to be worthless, and I'm just curious as to what has actually happened to all of those subs that were given by journalists previously. Your time starts now. There's certainly room for it, but I think here's the problem. Trent Reinsworth is setting himself up to be a martyr for the cause because we understand how outspoken he is. And the second he comes a part of this journalist um, association, as a, he's a co-chairman, we're going to realize just how beneficial or non-beneficial it is because it's either they're going to silence his voice or he's going to lead the charge for fighters' rights. But we're going to learn right away the extent of what this whole thing was from the get-go, and people are going to learn really quickly how shit can either go south or not. I'm happy for it. I'm glad it's happening. If there's anybody who I would want to champion to take that role, it would be him because he's willing to sacrifice his face for everything. You too, though. I, I would have liked you know, to see some color on the board, some representation from other places as well, too, but we can't always have what we want. Wow. And now, mm -hmm. yeah, well, you I'm thought gonna... I was going to be short. Yeah. Hey, yay. But you didn't answer the point about it being toothless. You have eight seconds to respond. They are toothless, but he's going to change that. <laughs> oh, what's up? <laughs> okay. Okay. That minute is up. Okay. <clears throat> Over to you. 
seen a lot of our female athletes in the UFC and other organizations start using websites like OnlyFans or creating their own specific websites catered to their name. Now, here's my question, because it's starting to change. People are no longer using OnlyFans because I think that a, a lot of the athletes see it as a negative connotation to their name and to their brand for some strange reason. Do you think that it matters whether they use OnlyFans for their own specialty website or is they're a strategic advantage to doing that because you see that um i forget who created her own special website just recently i think it was Paige van Zandt, and i also yeah. think that a few other um i think rachel ostovich has her own website mm -hmm. too but you got valerie laredo on the only fan side and i think jessica yeah. i is on the only fan side too so i'm my question is does it matter the branding or does it matter the content that you produce and the person that you are for the consumer Okay, when does my time start? I want to get it precise. What? Now. Okay, <laughs> I don't think it matters whether it is an OnlyFans platform or not. Regardless of what um, these athletes are doing, they are representing themselves and they're representing themselves in their truest light. I think it is high time that people, especially it being 2021, get off the backs of these ladies who are basically trying to represent themselves, express themselves, be their true selves on their platforms. Who are you to dictate how these women portray themselves? Who are you to actually dictate what they do in their free time, their spare time? And given the fact that some of the only fans that are being operated are generating exponential amounts of money in return, I feel as though it's a good trade-off in terms of fan interaction. You want to know what's funny about this? What? I'm counting with my fingers. <laughs> so you, you, you got it. <laughs> According to the finger clock, you good. Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. What was I at? You were at 30-something seconds. <laughs> wow, that is unlike me to be sure. I'm loving this rapid fire business. I am loving it. I am absolutely loving it. Okay. Your second rapid fire question is... And uh, you'll forgive me if I'm being petty. Jeeve, if you're listening to this, I know that you're going to be laughing your ass off in the next 10 seconds. You and I, Kairos, had, uh, had um, a, a very interesting um, meeting of words the last time that we were on Shots Fired together. And it was around Dominic Reyes. I told you that this guy would be crushed. I told you he'd be thwarted. I told you that psychologically he wasn't in the best place because because he was telling us all of this in every single interview, at every single opportunity. And every single time he opened his mouth. My question to you is, was Dominic Reyes ever any good? And your time starts now. Dominic Reyes was very good and he's still very good. The problem was he was just thrown up the ladder way too fast. And then when he lost, he was thrown to the wolves immediately after. He was given a, a, a what a guy who's now ranked third in the third in the division. So it's 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 painful to watch, but I think he'll be all right if he just takes some time off and they throw him an opponent who's outside the top fifteen. Yes, he was great. Yes, he still is great, and yes, he has greatness within him in the future. He just got to choose his matchups a little bit better. And okay, within the uh, twenty five seconds you've got left, why is it that you were so high on him? Why was it that you exalted him to this position? Why was it that you were riding so hard for this man? Because he has a football background. <laughs> that was the only reason. That was your rationale in the six seconds you have left. 
Sure, but also he was one of the first like fighters to follow me on my old account too. But football was number one. The football was the biggest one. I'm not shitting you. I'm dead ass serious. That is hilarious. Time's <laughs> up. Time okay. is up. Oh my <laughs> day. So here's my next question. You exposed me with that one. I'm mad you asked that. <laughs> so yeah. we saw recently that Michael Vinton Page was talking about his contractual disputes with Bellator. My question for you is this. Is this the beginning of the end of his time with Bellator, or is this the beginning of amending of the, his relationship with the organization? And if it's the end of his um rep, I'm sorry, if it's the end of his relationship with Bellator, where would you like to see him go and who would you like to see him fight? You know, the the uh, oh hold on. Let me let me wait for the timer to start. Get ready, get ready, here we go. Getting the fingers ready. Nope. <laughs> go. <laughs> you know something. I think for the longest while, because he's been alluding to this both on Twitter and on uh, Instagram, there is a disconnect there in terms of where Bellator is and where Michael Page is in terms of their wants and needs, because this seems to be a recurring theme in terms of what he says, and that is the promotion wanted this, and I wasn't too happy about that. The promotion uh, needed to fix up with the, the um, canvas because it was slippy, and uh, it seems like, you know, spectacular fights isn't really where their minds are at at the moment, because COVID protocols obviously take uh, precedence. Now, in terms of uh, are they on the mend, I would say definitely, because obviously, with each and every passing time that he comes into the cages interaction there's a repairing of that relationship but there's definitely something afoot where i'd like to see him next you know something if it does actually crash if it does actually come on top the standard answer would be if we were looking at uh somebody else answering this would be ufc no i want to see him in one i want to see mm. him on the biggest stage possible where the bombastic fights take place i want to see him actually have those entertaining fights which i don't think would be handed to him served up to him if you were in the ufc 45 seconds okay and last but no. not least who do you want to see him fight in one championship do you think they throw him to the wolves early do you think they let him uh, keep doing what he's been doing I think they'd let him keep doing what he he is doing. He's big business and everybody wants to be in the Michael Venom page business. I would give him Sage Northcutt. God damn, you're an evil man. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. I'm the, I'm not mad at that. <laughs> I'm all for Trump and white supremacy. <laughs> Let me stop. Okay, I didn't need that. Okay, so. We are ready to rock and roll with the timer. And as that's queued up, my third quick fire, um, rapid fire to you is around Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez, as we've seen, and I don't know if this has been exacerbated by Fabio, it certainly cannot be helped, but you can't uh, not notice that Diego Sanchez is in some kind of mental crisis. The videos that we've been seeing of late with him, quite teary, choked up, crying. How he's been treated by the UFC, even uh, going so far as to say that, you know, two years from now, um, he feels as though the UFC is a threat to his life. Now, those unsubstantiated allegations are pretty big and bold and brassy to make. Now, this is clearly from a man who is hurt, clearly from a man who has been cut, clearly from a man who I think is under the tutelage uh, direction 
and uh, I would say um, almost like a cult of um, Fabia, uh, the, the, this, 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 this famed manager of him now. I mean, my, my question to you is this, look, is it time to look at athlete aftercare after you've actually finished um, from the organization, specifically the UFC and specifically to do with Diego Sanchez because of how long he's been in the UFC. Is it time to perhaps explore athlete aftercare and your time starts now? Yes, it's time, but guess what? It's not going to happen and it's way too late for that. One, Diego is his biggest enemy. He's always been the weirdo guy who's always secluded himself from everybody else and this is no difference he's sitting here talking about oh my gosh i can't get a meeting with dana white why the fuck isn't your manager capable of getting a meeting with the boss for you well okay well maybe you need to get a new manager you're a grown man you need to be asking yourself these questions why can't i get what i want because you don't have the management that is going to get you there and that's the problem with a lot of these fighters that's the problem with this whole idea of trying to take care of these fighters after the fact these people either don't know or aren't in the position to be given that information about what they need to, for the betterment of their life after fighting. And that's the biggest problem right there. It doesn't matter what solutions that we toss at them and help them out. They, one, they have to be willing to accept it. Two, they need to identify that there's a problem. And three, they got to be able to cut ties with the people who aren't able to get them there. They already don't care about their well-being because they still haven't fucking gotten into a union with each other. They still haven't gotten to where they want to because you got a guy who, like John Jones who's been with the worst fucking manager in MMA for fucking two decades. And look at what he finally realized at age 32 that he's in the wrong spot. Like, come on. No, <clears throat> it doesn't matter what we do. They're still going to not know what's best for them. <laughs> Your time is up. <laughs> Bang on time. Bang on time. Well done, my brother. Well done to you. Okay, so your rapid fire question number three to me is, take it away. You remember? I honestly forgot. I thought it was about Michelle Watson. Oh, yes, yes, yes. With all the other fights on the card. Yeah. All right, here we go. So on the card, we have fights like Jeff Neal versus Neil Magny. We have another fight on the card like Angela Hill versus um, Amanda Hibosh. And then we have an, what was the third fight on that card? That's pretty solid. Nevertheless, there are some solid fights on this card. And they opted to go with Michelle Watterson versus Marina Rodriguez. Do you think this was a push to either help her or do you think they were the only fighters willing to go five rounds? And what's the benefits as well as if there are any and what are the negatives of them choosing this? And your okay. time starts right now. Okay, the negatives have actually been realized. The fan backlash on this has been uh, tremendous. It kind of like smacks of misogyny because I doubt very much this would be the case if we were looking at two men. Yes, you'd get some kind of fallout. Yes, you'd get some kind of pushback. Yes, you'd get some kind of like rapid response, but not to the level, not to the kind of like caustic level that we are seeing here. People have to kind of make up their mind. Again, we are in 2021. Are we going to be part of a progressive society or are we going to retreat to the caves and start to actually beat women over their heads and drag them there with us? We are no longer Neanderthals. We should be progressive human beings. Yes, you are right. There are others that could actually have headlined. Yes, you are right. But we don't know the circumstances by which this was actually conceived. And actually, the fact is they're doing us a solid. This card isn't being canceled. Two women have actually stepped up and said, yes, we're with that. Show me the money, Dana. 
You follow, I'm not gonna lie. I lost track of time, but I, I after 25, <laughs> after 25 seconds, I lost track of time because I was thinking I was like, this motherfucker's calling me out right now. He's coming from my head. Wait, okay, we'll just assume you got 15 seconds left. What do you think other mm. people will offer this spot? I would be very surprised if Angela Hill, given the name brand value, I would put Angela Hill slightly up towards the upper part of name brand value and recognition. I'd be surprised if she wasn't offered. I think it's the five round uh, aspect of this. That was the sticking point. That is, I feel, what or why we're seeing this matchup. Okay. Solid, solid. With two seconds to spare. I guess we'll never find out. <laughs> you should have told me before this. I could have actually gotten a watch. I mean, I'm just like in a fucked up position right now. <laughs> okay, final of the four in terms of my rapid fire questions to you. Duty of care. Should there be a duty of care for social media companies like Twitter? Should they be doing more? The reason what actually uh, prompted this as a question from me to you is... We're two black men, and we know over the time that we have actually been on Twitter, we've experienced vehement, quite caustic, um, cancerous racism. People coming at us with their chests. Should there be more of a duty of care is the question I'm starting with, because last week I took part in a three-day boycott of Twitter because they're not doing enough. They are reacting. Uh, in a way that kind of promotes hate. It doesn't actually stifle hate. It doesn't actually suppress racist behavior. It emboldens it. So my question to you, is there a duty of care for social media, i.e. Twitter, to look at online hate and to do more? Your time starts now. Yes, there is. But the problem is this, though. We have to figure out how we're going to monitor it. I, I can easily say they absolutely aren't doing enough because I've experienced it, you've experienced it, everyone has experienced it. And we noticed that a lot of larger accounts, the leeway for them is next to nothing. But then you have these accounts that are faceless, that are created yesterday, and they can say whatever the fuck they want and remain in power for fucking months upon years of a span of time. So I think the question is, how are they going to go about monitoring millions of people operating on this app? Sure, they could tune it to using keywords, sure they could do, but I'm sure there's always problems with doing that. Like if I say you can't type in, um, I don't want to say that word, the C word. And it's, I understand some people like in Australia, New Zealand, they use that word. Like it's people, even in the UK use the word, like it's, um, like it's shit or fuck. So sure. There's various, huh? Does it rhyme with spoon? No. It rhymes with blunt. (laughs) (laughs) So exactly. So it's like different cultural barriers cause different problems with language, but also you have to deal with mark. Damn it! <laughs> Your time is up. <laughs> All right. Shit. Okay. okay. I really enjoyed the rapid fire aspect of that. You know what? We should kind of bring this format, I feel, test it out to kind of like um, see how it flies with the other um, members of the crew. Speaking of other members of the crew, I should have said at the top of the show, because our format is so how we like to do it, I'm going to announce this in the middle of the show. We've got a fantastic interview coming up next. It's Anthony Johnson, who returns to action at Bellator this coming weekend. Now, he spoke to our man, Chisanga Malata, and here is what he had to say. 
for the first time in four years is an Anthony Rumble Johnson fight week. I mean, how does it feel to be prepping to get back into the cage and doing what you do best? Feels great, man. I, this is where I belong. You know, this is my home. You know, this is my comfort zone. I'm, I'm just very glad to be back and having fun again. Mm-hmm. And you say you're glad to be back and having fun. Is that the mo- was that the motivation for coming back, just to come back for some fun fights, or is the fire for a world title well and truly being reignited in you again? The, the, at first, it was you know I wanted to compete and mm-hmm. win a world title because I know I'm supposed to win a world title. I feel it. You know what I mean? Um, but now I, it's just about having fun, man, and just doing my best and seeing what happens. I, I'm not going to put that pressure on myself about, mm. oh, you need to win a title. You need to do this. You need to do that. Nah, I done did that already. I don't put that type of pressure on myself. Now it's about living my life and having as much fun as I can and keeping the fans and the organization excited. Fair enough, fair enough. And one question I've got to ask is, you got absolutely swole during your time off. Like, I mean, like... You ain't gonna be nice about it. I was fat. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were like, yeah, you, 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 you're pretty big. You're pretty big. I'm, like, your, your arms... At one point, I was like, you know, I was trying to do the whole bodybuilding thing, and I got, I got pretty solid, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then after I kind of laid off of that, then that's when gravity took over and... <laughs> you know, things, started, things started going places <laughs> so bringing me back to my question i was i was about to say how did you go from that to the lean physique that you you have now and your physique arguably looks better than when you're competing in your prime a few years ago um genetics man that's all i can tell you hard work genetics and great great dieting i'm i can't even say great dieting you know i was just consistent yeah. you know and i was but i also didn't deprive myself from what I wanted. If I wanted a beer, dude, even while I'm dieting, I'm going to get a beer. If I want a slice of pizza, I'll get a pizza. You know what I mean? Some people yeah. think that you have to be strict on yourself to get, to reach these certain goals. And when you get to a certain point, yeah, you have to cut stuff off more and more and more. But I'm, I'm not that dude. If I just, you, you just, I didn't in, overindulge in what I wanted. If, like I said, if I wanted a slice of pizza, I'll get a slice of pizza. Yeah. You know, um, if I wanted a beer, I'll have a beer. I just wasn't going out eating this, that, and the third, you know what I'm saying? And just doing too much. Whenever I left, I felt fine. I felt full. I didn't feel, I never felt heavy. You know what I'm saying? Anytime I left the place from eating. And obviously, this this weekend you were meant to be fighting. Yo Romero was meant to be in the opposite uh, side of the cage from you. Obviously, that that's fallen through. I mean, how how disappointing was that? Because I could tell that you were excited for this one. Like, a, like as you say, you wanted to come back for fun fights. This is arguably the epitome of the fun fight, funnest fights that you could have had in Bellator. I mean, how gutted are you that that's fallen through? And is that something that you still want later on down the line? It gutted me, man, because I have been training. I have been training so hard mm-hmm. to fight. That, that man over there on the other side of the octagon who was supposed to be Yoel Romero, and he's a beast, you know what I mean? Plus the fans were so into it, you know, the organization was counting on it, you know? Yeah. We, we were, we were going to shut it down. <laughs> we were going we to shut it down. We were going to have everybody tuning in to watch us fight. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. And like I said in my other interviews, I wish Yoel the best. I hope he recovers from whatever the issue may be. I don't, I don't know. You know, there's rumors, but I don't, I don't pay attention to rumors, you know. Um, I hope he gets, gets the situation fixed and he can compete again. But it, it, I, I was gutted, man. But 
I have an opponent in Jose. He, the man can fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what have you what have you made of his performances of late, or have you not really looked at his uh, his tape, considering how close? Well, considering I the last, I watched his last performance, um, and it wasn't a bad performance. Um, I watched maybe one more fight, but at this point, yeah. I'm like, if I study this man a bunch now, it's just gonna ruin me up here. Yeah, you know, so I just gotta do me. I just gotta do me, and I'm pretty sure he's gotta do the same thing. We don't have time to think too much. This is just, we got to just do and react. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. And I think he's on a five fight win, win streak. I mean, it's, 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 I don't want to say it's a baptism of fire because you've been in there against the, the, the best in the world. But are you happy to be fighting somebody who is on, on a, a bit of a tear? So then yeah. if you get the win, that makes it even better for you? Yeah, he's confident. That means he's confident, you know. As there's no man on the planet that has a five-fight win streak that isn't confident, you know what I mean? Um, so that makes him dangerous, you know. Plus, he has everything to gain and nothing to lose. That man is, he's hot right now. You know, I just got to make sure I'm, I'm sharp, and that's what I got to do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with your, your layoff, I, I believe it was four years in April that you last, you last competed. There's going to be questions of, of, of ring rust. How do you answer those concerned fans who are worried that you might not be the same as you were to begin with? Tell them to watch the fight. <laughs> That's a simple question. That's a simple answer to that question. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> do you believe in Ring Ross as a concept or do you, yeah, do you know? No, yeah. I do. I do. Um, but if you got it, you got it. And if you don't, you don't. And I'm not saying I'm that dude that got it, but like I said, watch the fight. Mm-hmm. And for this portion of the interview, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up because I'm sure you've been ask, answering the same mundane questions each and every single time. I'm gonna ask you to give some predictions for fights, but I'm gonna move to boxing. I'm, I'm not gonna do MMA first of all. I'm gonna go to boxing. What's your thoughts yeah, on a potential fight? Those Paul brothers, right? No, 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 no. Believe me, man, I'm at my wits end having to write about those guys. I'm at my wits end. So, you're safe. <laughs> Nothing about them. I wanted to ask, what's your prediction for the mega fight that should be happening at the end? Well, in July, I think, between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. Oh, man. Um, Tyson Fury, man, he has so much heart. Mm-hmm. So much heart. I mean, you saw what, who was it, Deontay Wilder? You saw what he did to him. Everybody thought he was dead. <laughs> that's true he just popped up they started you know you seen the memes they played an undertaker music and he pops up you know what i'm saying i remember <laughs> yeah um he's he's such a a, a a character and he's such a good boxer he's so tall he's athletic he's been through a lot i think that's a i think he's a dangerous person because he just he, he has that that fire inside of him mm-hmm. you know he had to work and overcome so much to me, I, I like those type of stories and those type of athletes, you know, and people in general. Um, Anthony Joshua, I don't know much about him, but um, you look at him, his physique is crazy. His record speaks for itself. Um, my only question about Anthony Joshua is why, why, why hasn't he fought outside of the UK? Why can't he ever fight someplace else? And I know um, Tyson Fury isn't afraid to step out of his comfort zone, but Anthony Joshua stays in his comfort zone. You know what I mean? So I wonder that, 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 that says something to me, you know, what is he afraid of? And, but I get his point too. I get his point. Cause I've heard him speak on it. Why would he go to 
the U.S. or wherever else and get paid less whenever he can just fight in his own backyard and, and get paid even more because he, he's, he's that's his territory, you know? Um, but as far as who's going to win, I still I think Fury's still going to win. I think Fury's going to win. And Fury talks it, man. He talk a bunch of crap. But, you know, <laughs> he talks that he's one of the best trash talkers you can come across, you know? But Anthony Joshua... He's a silent assassin. I, I respect him for that, you know. Yeah. But if it's skill for skill, um, as far as styles, I think Fury is just, he's different. He's different. Joshua's more technical, you know. Um, he's cleaner. He's a cleaner boxer, you know what I mean? But styles make fights. And I think Fury has the style to beat that that clean, technical style that, that uh Anthony Joshua, you know, possesses. But um, you seen what little, what's his name, Andy Ruiz? Yeah. You seen what he did to him, you know. And I think Tyson Fury, with his reach and power, I think he can do the same thing. It may not be as fast as what Anthony Ruiz could swing, but I think he'll get the job done just as well. Mm-hmm. And moving on to your, your Sanford MMA teammate, Michael Chandler against Charles Oliveira. How do you foresee that fight going? Man, I think Chandler's going to do his thing. Chandler's a beast. Mm-hmm. He's a beast, man. He gives everybody a run for their money in the gym. Um, he's a scary individual. Uh, Oliveira, I've seen him climb the rankings, and I've seen him take, take his lumps and stuff like that, and he keeps coming. So um, you got heart versus heart in, in this fight. You know what I mean? And uh, if you want to go skill for skill, I think they both neutralize each other very well. You know, Chandler's a solid striker and a solid wrestler. Uh, Oliveira's a solid striker and a solid grappler. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I just think, and I'm not even being biased. You know, if you if you if you don't have it, you don't have it. I'll, I'll admit that. You know, um, Chandler has to be careful. He has to be careful. Uh, Oliveira has to be careful if he doesn't play his, his cards right. You know, he can be waking up with people standing over him. And if Chandler isn't, you know, careful, he can be waking up with people standing over him from being submitted. So it can go either way, man. I, but I still have to pick Chandler. I just, he's such a, he's such a bulldog, man. He's a bulldog. So I, I, I give it to Chandler. He has such a mean streak in him. You know what I mean? So I, I just, I, I gravitate towards that. Yeah. You say he has such a mean streak, but he's such a nice guy though. <laughs> yeah. He's awesome, man. He's a, he's such a nice guy. He trains hard. He's cool with everybody. Uh, he's everybody loves him in the gym. Um, but he's 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 a nice guy. But he's 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 mean as hell whenever it comes to fighting. <laughs> and two more questions, Anthony. I really do appreciate your time. What's your th- oh? How do you foresee Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier three playing out? I still think Dustin will win. Mm-hmm. I still think Dustin will win. You know, uh, Conor showed another side of himself whenever they fought the second time. I don't know if it was the ring rust or he just didn't have that mean streak in him. But I don't think, you know, I think Dustin saw that. I think Dustin knows this time that Connor's going to come back and try and fight even harder. So Dustin is going to elevate too. I just gave it to Dustin. I think he possesses more tools. Mm-hmm. And finally, Anthony Rumble Johnson against Jose Barros. Oh, 
Anthony Romo Johnson. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, all right. How, how do you perceive fight playing? I don't take anything away from Jose though. He's he's a beast, man. He's 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 a good fighter for sure. People don't know who he is, but you know he's a good fighter. Just I want everybody to know that he is a good fighter. Anthony, thank you very much for the time today. I know you're speaking to a lot to us, so I do appreciate it. Take care and good luck on uh, this weekend. One of the big takeaways I got from this was he is in a really good place mentally. He's in a really um, buoyant, considering he was cutting in terms of weight, um, jovial place. Now, I think maybe it's the charming, maybe it's the uh, um, charismatic aspect of Chisanga Malata, but that was like a conversation between two friends. So it kind of like led me to believe that there must be something in the way that they have been treated, in the way that they have been paid, in the way that Bellator is operating, um, that lends itself to, I suppose, give volume to um, Anderson's assertion the other week in that he was saying that he's never been treated so good. He's never been treated so good in Bellator. Do you think that this is a, a fantastic advertisement for um, Bellator in terms of attracting talent away from the likes of the UFC, where you've got this acrimony, which is going on, for example, with John Jones. You've got fighters who feel they're not given their, um, their worth. They're not paid what they should be earning and treated in the way that they should be treated. What do you think? I'm waiting for you to start the clock. I'm, oh, you like, don't have to think. This, this isn't time. This is just me <laughs> bitballing before we close the show. Okay, yeah. This is an excellent step for them to take because, like we said last time, this was like a few months ago. I said the Bellator started to steal the future. They're not going to be able to grab John Jones and Connor and all those people who have had a foothold in the UFC for so long. But what they can do is grab the next one. What they can do is grab the current one. What they can do is do that sort of thing and then parlay that into something great. And doing stuff like this is definitely the way to do it. I'm sure that there's some fighter in the UFC who's fighting for 15 and 15, maybe even just 15 because they aren't winning. Or seeing that shit, I'm like, damn, Corey Anderson's sitting here making six figures, seven figures. I'm sitting here fucking eating gas station taquitos. And I'm like, <laughs> so I'm, obviously this is a great thing for them. Shout out to Scott Cody because he doesn't get enough credit. You have a lot of promoters out there doing the damn thing. I know, um, what's her name? Shannon Knapp. Is that her name from Invicta? Yep. I hope I did not. She's that people have spoken highly about her for years. They were all like every single person who was talking about Shannon Knapp in a public forum has never said anything negative about that woman. So I like agree. there's you, you got to always give props to them because they have it much harder than the UFC and they still make it work. So that's why, I, that's why I say what I say about Dana White, that man, he's out here fucking squandering all the power that he has. And he's going to look, he's going to look back in about five to 10 years and realize, damn, I fucked this company up big time. Mm -hmm. I mark my words. And on that note, we have come to the end of Rapid Shots Fired. I, I, I have to say again, I'm loving this format. I'm loving the way in which we have a nice, breezy Batman and Robin um, relationship. You know what we need? We need our own spin-off show. I've said this to you before. <laughs> we need our own spin-off show. What we need to do is we've used these now as pilots. Let's make it happen. You know what? Kairos, in all seriousness, it has been great speaking with you. It has been great chewing the fat with you. And it has been great shooting in this rapid fire environment. <laughs>
you're going to say shooting the shit and then you just cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, until next time. Enjoy the fights this weekend. <laughs>